H2O, May COVID, May. Hi and welcome. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you are about to listen to episode number 35 of H2O, the May 2020 episode. Um, episode two of Social Distancing Times. Uh, if you enjoyed the April episode, you're definitely going to enjoy the May episode. OMG. Uh, but before we get into it, want to tell you a couple of things. First of all, something that we talked about on the last pod, the uh, May live show obviously did not happen because this would be it had it happened. Does that make sense, Toby? Makes perfect sense. Um, so it didn't happen. It's been rescheduled. If the world cooperates, it will be Friday, August 21st at the Moon Bar in Fort Worth featuring special guest Mike Reiner and, uh, for those of you in attendance, live music from the band Meech Pango. Uh, so that will be our August H2O episode, Good Lord Willing. Mm -hmm. So please uh, jot it down on your calendar. August 21st, if you are anywhere in the North Texas area and uh, you have a face mask that you feel comfortable wearing in public um, and you don't worry too much about Toby or I being contagious, then maybe that will happen. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to postpone it till 2021. Mm. Uh, and then the other thing that I want to briefly mention, it's in the germination phase as I am speaking to you here on the pod, uh, but it will be happening and uh, I want you to all be by the channel on Friday, May 29th, on the ticket, uh, 1310 AM, 96.7 FM, and on the Sports Day DFW app anywhere in the world, we are going to have Ticket 80s Prom. It will be a dance party from after the Ticket Top 10 from 9 PM until the wee hours of the morning. Could be midnight, could be one, could be two in the morning. Who knows? Uh, but I will be playing all of your favorite 80s jams. I will be your virtual 80s DJ for your imaginary 80s prom. So if you are uh, like us and you went to high school in the 80s, you can relive your glory days. If you are a senior here in uh, 2020 and you're being screwed out of your prom, then you can have a virtual prom and let me DJ it. I mean, it works either way. Or if you just like gay 80s music, it's going to be three plus hours of all your favorite jams. So please make an appointment uh, May 29th, Friday, 9 p.m. for the uh, Ticket 80s prom. And also uh, make sure you join us for H2L Live, August 21st at the Moon Bar in Fort Worth. We love you and be safe. Be so very safe. This is why it sounds like inside my mask. I want you to be safe. I'm thinking about you and I want you to be safe. <laughs> Do you like a lemon pie? A lemon pie is not my favorite, but I will eat a lemon pie. Do you like a jelly-filled donut? On occasion, yes. 
dance to it myself. Oh, oh, dance to it myself. Oh, and it's got to do it, with Old Waver, otherwise known as HTWOW. Episode 35, bro. Can you believe it? Oh, I can believe it. Time just flies by. It's weird how March seemed like it was 100 days, but then April and May have just been flying by. Is that the same experience you've had? Yeah, we're, just- we're getting used to it, I think. Yeah. I mean, so? the days do blend together, but it just, at least it's not taking forever. Right. It may take forever for things to quote unquote return to normal. Yeah. But, well, uh, if this is your first time joining us, HTWOW, otherwise known as High Tea with Old Waver, is a podcast, first and foremost. It's a song swap and a beer swap. Um, although in COVID times, mm-hmm. things change. And so once again, we are social distancing. We're doing this over Skype. Toby is in his College Station studio. I am in my Dallas kitchen. And we are not song swapping again. Uh, Last month, I demanded (laughs) to play all six songs. Or I was just being lazy. It just kind of worked out that I had had a surplus and you had nothing. (laughs) And we're in a similar situation again here in May. Because uh, I have loads of new stuff, and rather than make you file a book report last minute, mm-hmm. we uh, we decided to just go ahead and play all new stuff again. And it's not a beer swap again, because we're not in the same room. I can't deliver good friend package beers to your home. I know, I missed that. COVID times. Um, we do want to give a shout out to good friend package, because they are, they are open for your business. They are at 1155 PV in East Dallas, and uh, they do lots of great sandwiches and coffee and packaged beers to go, and they're right across the street from a good friend beer garden and burger joint. Yeah. And uh, They also have really good merch, if anybody yeah. would like a, a t-shirt or a mug, maybe, or a pint yeah. glass. Oh. I bet they have all that encourage you to uh, support our good friends at good friend uh, I just I feel guilty about asking Matt for anything free while right. they're just trying to stay afloat so and what I would it be not, you would just go get it and drink it yourself that's not cool yeah I know so I am uh, I'm being a good citizen <laughs> as uh, they have rebranded themselves on the web 
um, socialdistancingnow.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, instead of uh, getting beers for us to drink, we're just kind of on our own for drinks. And uh, I'm going to get into my drink after the first jam, but I am drinking a drink that we discovered on the last pod that is, um, it's liquid candy is <laughs> what I uh, would describe it as. So I can't wait to tell you about that. Um, and uh, we also need to uh, make sure that uh, you go to oldwaver.com and send that link to all your friends. I don't know. I forget what I say at the beginning because it's been so long. Yeah, I think you've you you've already handled it. I did handle it. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into some tunes. Yeah, let's um, let's kick it off here quickly and concisely, and get into. Well, I guess I should set up kind of the the base premise for this episode instead of just uh, six random songs that are all new uh, it just so happens that three of them have uh, dudes singing and three of them have girls singing mm-hmm. so it's kind of uh, boys versus girls on this episode of HT Wow yeah I, I kind of have a feeling on who is gonna win not that it's a competition I mean music's not a competition but it is life is a competition so I mean, when when you with any of your bands, but primarily like Deep Blue, when you've played like big festivals and stuff, it is a competition, right? Like it you totally you is. want to win. Yeah. You want to have the best response from the crowd. You want to blow the doors off whoever comes after you. You want to be the most memorable thing from that occasion, right? Yeah. When you um, at the end of the night, you want to know that everyone's saying. Man, that was a great festival, but boy, it sure took off during that one set. Right. That totally took me by surprise, or that was my favorite. Yeah. Everything got lit right about then. I was peaking right then. (laughs) Everyone's drugs kicked in (laughs) right about then. Yeah, so, uh, you know, at the end of the night, Toby will pass judgment and decide whether or not the girls or the boys won. Crown the winner! He will crown the winner. Um, Should we say how we're doing this? I think it's a pretty cool setup. I oh, mean, they're not as, paying us or anything. As, the, as far as the technology, yeah, it's the same thing. It took me a second to remember how we did it last month. Yeah, me too. Um, but, but we are uh, video conferencing via Skype just because it's... Uh, has no time limit, so we're not worried about running out of uh, minutes and having to put more quarters into our computer. <laughs> and then we're also uh, doing some social listening. It's not... I wouldn't say it's seamless because it's uh, its kind of a clunky interface and I don't know that it's truly socially synced well, like I'll tell a you this. I, I there's think a the button that says sync audio, but I don't know that we're listening in real time to the exact same second of the exact same song. Well, I think it's Skype that's delayed. Oh, is it? Yeah, because I think that you're hearing it the same time I'm hearing it, but I'm seeing you a second later or a couple of milliseconds later, even though the audio is synced. I mean, we're talking about barely 
off at yeah. all. So it's kind I mean, of a digi- cool thing. Digital latency is a bitch. It's amazing when you see like the the Disney uh, family songbook or whatever, any kind of um, social distancing music production, how they're able to sync up uh, four different people or a whole choir of people yeah. across. There's got to be a lot that. of fixing in post. Yeah. But it, yeah, latency is a problem. But we are using the Jukebox app, JQBX. And, and it is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, you know, if you like to uh, set up your own playlists and you like to share them, it is, it's kind of, um, it partners with Spotify. So it links to your Spotify account. I mean, at some point, Spotify should just buy Jukebox because it's the social aspect of listening that Spotify is list is that Spotify is missing. Surely they've already bought it. Yeah, Don't at some you point. Think so at some point they need to. But it, did you ever get on uh, Turntable.fm? What was the one that uh, like two years ago that we all used to get on? And that was Turntable. Okay, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it, it was like little uh, DJ rooms, and you had a little eight-bit character. Remember that? Yeah, it was pretty cool, and uh, it was almost like the first uh, house party thing because we could kind of yeah. say things or whatever, like just texting, of course. Yeah, 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 just a message board type thing, and th- and this has that same functionality. I think you can do some chatting mm-hmm. here. I'm gonna s- speak your mind. Yeah, I'm gonna say hi, Toby. Omg! It just did it. And oh my god. I'm gonna say hi back. It's like, I'm gonna say hi oh back. Oh my god. Hi back. I just did it. And remember we can do dope or nope. Yep, and I just sent you hard oh eyes. Oh my goodness. See it's yeah, great. So, you so, know what uh, I am jukebox. noticing at the top here? The other cool thing is you can see what the DJ is playing before they are after they step down or while they're playing it. When you pulled this up, it didn't give you the Billy Idol one? Like, why is... When did he leave Generation X? I thought Dancing With Myself on MTV was a Billy Idol song. Yeah, well, I looked it up. I, I When I went through Spotify, I uh, decided to pull up the Generation X version. Uh-huh. Um, but as I was looking it up the lyrics... Um, so, I guess this original version came out in 79. Oh, goodness. And then it uh, didn't really take off. And then when Billy Idol moved to America in 81 mm-hmm. and put out his solo record, he re-recorded it like as a Billy Idol song. So it was a, it was a Generation X song first. Yeah, but that version was what we know, right? It sounded like it. Yeah, it's very similar. I think the, the Billy Idol version is probably just more polished and produced oh like like all of his stuff well it sounded same to me yeah but i think it's cooler if it's the generation x version right i agree you know i, I mean, agree gotta go back to your roots bro yeah man all right so um boys get to go first boys. in this boys boys versus girls uh, we should have done um boys and girls as uh, by blur as our theme song i know we blew it <sighs> Why are we so dumb? I don't know. I feel like we might have already done that. Did we? We might have. It's okay. We're 
we're 10 minutes in. We can't go back now. No, there's no going back. There's no going back. So uh, boys get to go first, and I am playing a uh, song from the brand new record by a gentleman known as Brendan Benson. Oh. Do you know Brendan Benson? I certainly do. I know you do. So um, this is, I guess, his sixth solo record. He is also half of the raconteurs with... uh, Jack White. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is his uh, his seventh seventh studio album. I don't mind the rack on tours, but I think I like Brendan Benson better on his own. Yeah, and I I, I want to talk about that um, after we play the song. Okay. Um, but this is by far the most straight ahead rock and roll song that we are going to play tonight. Um, it is. Uh, off of his brand new record, which is entitled Dear Life, and this is the title track. And, you know, as I listen to it, he's he's got a, a definite gift for melody. He's got, um, he's a good songwriter in that he's kind of insightful, will come up with a really uh, memorable turn of phrase. Uh, but this one is the one that really stuck with me. And so uh, I'd like to play it for everyone. <laughs> you ready to hear this? <laughs> yeah. All right, let me see if I can do this. This is Dear Life by Brendan Benson on HTWOW. Spinning head in a stranger's bed has never really been her style. She doesn't care, she just needs somewhere to lay down for a while Cause she can't go home and she can't be alone There's no place in this world But she can tune it out by thinking about that happy little girl
cool. Yeah, bro. Man, what do you think? That's really good. Is he one of those guys that plays everything? Yeah, I don't know. Let me see. I, actually, I don't. They don't have a wiki for this album yet, so I don't see uh, any credits. The but, drums uh, sound great. Let's see. Um, no, it seems like he gets session dudes, maybe other raconteurs dudes or his buddies to come in and mm -hmm. play stuff. So he's not playing everything. Okay. At least on his at least on his last one. Right. I, I just went back to his last record. But um, yeah, when I listened to that, I just uh, it really made me happy, even though it's kind of a bittersweet song. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I thought it was appropriate because we're all trying to hang on for dear life right now. I see what you did there, Dave. Um, but yeah, as you were talking about before we rolled it, Brendan Benson to me is the half of the rock tours that I like the most. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I know, I know that. Uh, the Jack White's a genius and that he's got all the rock star moves and everything. But I think Brendan Benson is the more poppy, more sensible, more um, listenable half of, of, you know, he reigns Jack White in. Yeah, I think it's also his voice. For some reason, I think... I don't know. He's just more my style of... Uh, it's almost like a jellyfish thing. Yeah, the, the way he stacks and harmonizes his mm -hmm. own vocals. Yeah, it's like he could have been in that band. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it, it's got a weird uh, kind of combination of sounds, but as I listen to the entire record, um, it kind of... there There were... A few songs that had some electronic elements, you know, keyboards, drum machines, and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it is pretty straight ahead as as far as the songwriting and everything. And I got to thinking, man, he's kind of like a modern day Tom Petty in a way. Yeah, he is kind of. You know, to, except better looking. Better looking, and skinnier. Is he skinnier than Tom Petty? Well, maybe. Maybe they're the same. Yeah, maybe not early Tom Petty, because geez. He had that, you know, that but, 70s, uh, yeah, remember was, that uh, 70s skinny is different than skinny now. That's true. There was no muscle tone in the 70s. Yeah, it was just heroin and bones. But uh, Brendan is, uh, he's born in 70, so he's, he's kind of our age, a little bit older. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, and he just followed me on the Twitter, so. You're kidding me. We're best friends now. And especially now that we've played his song, I mean, he's probably going to invite me to hang out as soon as COVID's over. He might want you to be in the Rack and Tours. Yeah. What would I you play? I don't know what I would play. What would you want to play? Like tambo. Just or tambo? Maybe, maybe I can uh, borrow Kevin's theremin. <laughs> I mean, I got a theremin if you want it. All right. I just need something easy. Theremins are tough, but if you put enough effects pedals on them, you can do whatever you want. Just walk by it every now and then, throw your hand out there and go, woo! Or maybe uh, maybe just a Simon. <laughs> the Simon the, set, the but four button yeah. thing? Yeah, I can just play the Simon. <laughs> what? How did that song go? The Simon song? Yeah, when, didn't it start you off with like a do 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 What did it do? I'll find it and I'll put it in right here. 
There it is. Oh, the memories. <laughs> Man, COVID times, right? Are you jealous looking at the background of the studio? Do you wish you were here? Yeah. Are we going to do After Dark? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Let's play Simon! Okay, it's, uh, it's now time, now that we have uh, christened the pod with the first jam. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about my my drink. Okay. I got a this, fancy drink, too, that I think you got. I'm drinking it because of you and Marissa. Okay. Well, do you want to save that one? Sure. Talk about that one later. We'll talk about that uh, one after the next jam. Okay. Because I want to uh, credit you with this drink that seriously is candy in a glass. <laughs> And it is 95% booze, so it's so strong, mm. and it just gets me so hammered. And it's, it's. I know that uh, last month I talked about the godmother being my, mm -hmm. my COVID cocktail, but the dirty grandmother has yeah. overtaken the godmother. Yeah, we looked it up. Yeah, because once we were talking about the origin of the name godmother, mm -hmm. You're like, well, surely there's a grandmother. <laughs> and lo and behold, there is a dirty grandmother. And it's basically, and <laughs> so I'm looking at this particular recipe and I'm looking at the uh, ingredients. Mm -hmm. The ingredients are kind of flipped in my version. So it's dark rum, coffee liqueur, and milk. It's it's kind of like a uh, a white Russian, right? So it's uh, it's dark rum. Uh, I have Kahlua. Mm -hmm. I have uh, salted caramel Kahlua, wow. which is the best Kahlua. And then for the milk, I have some uh, sweet cream coffee creamer. Wow! Right. So the recipe calls for 1.5 ounces of rum, 1.5 ounces of coffee liqueur. And four to six ounces of milk, which is ridiculous. That's insane. Uh, my recipe calls for four to six ounces of dark rum, <laughs> 1.5 ounces of coffee liqueur, and 1.5 ounces of coffee creamer. That sounds better. Yeah. So that's that's this. Oh my goodness! Looky there. Yeah. How many calories are in that? Um, probably about a thousand. Do we count calories in COVIDs? Mm -mm. Oh. Not at all. Not one bit. Not, calories don't exist during the COVIDs. No, I mean, I can't drink more than one or two. Uh, not so much the calorie thing, just it's so rich. It's mm -hmm. really, it's just too much to take. Right. But uh, I probably will, I am not going to shoot Everclear on this pod. <laughs> Unless you really twist my arm, and then maybe I will. Man, so many people were like, dude, his deterioration immediately after that sip. It was hilarious. It was, there was, yeah, that's was, the reason why we didn't do the After Dark, because you just could, you were like, I can't do it. D did we do the After Dark on a separate night? Yeah, like three days later. <laughs> oh, okay. Because we're going to try and do the After Dark tonight. Yeah, I think we can do it tonight. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about the After Dark later. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to drink maybe one more of these, and then uh, later on I have um, a sour 
that I want to uh, okay. well, tell sort everyone of, about. Sort of gets into mine. I won't say what it is, but look at it. Look how pink. Oh, it's beautiful. Can you see it? All right. So coming up, we're going to talk about Toby's drink, and then a little later, we'll talk about my next drink. Um, but we so we kicked it off with Brendan Benson. He represented the boys in uh, the first period. Boys. And now we are on to, I don't know, the bottom of the first, the latter half of the first period. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's it's uncomfortable if you use period and you talk about girls. So yeah, that's gross. But it's not really innings because it's only three. Yeah, it's got. But be- it could be innings. It's fine. It's bottom of the first, right? Let's stick I mean, with like, periods. I mean, like softball or like Little League, they play three-inning games, right? We could do use quarters. Is there anything no, that's three there's, quarters? There's always there's four six, quarters. Yeah, there's you can't have any more or less than four quarters because it's a quarter of the whole. Everyone will leave and just be like, this game just never, they never finished it up. Uh, okay, so going up against... <laughs> Brendan Benson in the, the first, first quarter period. in the first quarter period inning is uh, a band called Purity Ring. You familiar with Purity Ring? Golly, I want to say Stuart Sykes did Purity Ring. Did he record them years ago? I think he did. I think he did. Uh, let's see. So their last record, he may have done this current record, but let's see. That's our buddy. He moved to Dallas from Memphis. But he was a Dallas guy, worked at BPL for a while, then had his own studio with John Congleton over in Oak Cliff, and now he's a Dallas studio guy. I mean, an Austin studio guy. Yeah, I don't I don't see Stuart listed on any of their stuff. Oh, let me see. I could, I could totally... You know what? I know what it is. Stuart did Promise Ring. Ah, uh, Purity that- Ring, Promise Ring. They're totally different bands, aren't they? He also did the White Stripes, so it does tie it all in. Okay. Well, um, and also, uh, Stuart, the last time I, well, probably the one and only time that I hung out with Stuart, Mm -hmm. he heard heard the Nutnicker story. (laughs) And uh, so we might have to relive that later. Well, yeah, you can't leave that. <laughs> you can't leave that. I was about to say hanging out there, but that sounds even yeah. more gross. So the, the producer of the White Stripes has heard the Nutnicker story, and you, mm-hmm. dear HTWOW listener, will hear that story later. Oh, my God. you got to listen to the whole pod. We'll do that at the very end. Okay. We're good and drunk. <laughs> classic story. All right, it is, second two. It is a classic. Let's get to the purity ring, not the promise ring. Totally no, different bands. No, not the bands. promise ring. So Purity Ring, they are from Canada. Um, it's a duo. It's uh, Megan James, she is the singer, and Corin Roddick, he is the the music the music man, the musician, <laughs> m- music person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I need to turn on the light, don't I? Can you see me now? I can see you. You hey. look so handsome. Look, I shaved my stuff. Oh no. I couldn't stand it. But now I'm baby T again. 
It is more comforting. If I could if I could hear the bed and see your squeaky clean face, I would feel right at home. I know. It does feel right. I can't I can't let my beard go past this. I know a lot of people do the COVID beard where it just gets bushy and mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, but I don't know. Mine ha- mine is too salt and pepper and mine gets too wiry. Right. So so when it gets too long, I just I I feel disgusting. And when I look in the mirror, I I feel like I live under a bridge. Yeah. And so I, I need to knock it down every now and then. Yeah, I was having a definite um, homeless vibe going on. So I uh, kept trimming it and trimming it. And then I was like, well, I'm trimming it to nothing. So I might as well just shave it off. So then it's gone. Mm-hmm. So here we are. We're back at me. So my memory of Purity Ring, I, I think I have one of their other records in my iTunes somewhere. I've never really listened to them much, but they did play at uh, Fortress Festival in Fort Worth. Mm. Remember remember a couple years ago when Slow Dive was one of the big bands on Sunday at Fortress Festival. Yeah, easily their best. That was a really good lineup that year. Yeah, that was, I mean, I think that's the only Fortress Festival that I've ever been to, and who knows if Fortress Festival will survive COVID. But, uh, Purity Ring was the headliner after Slow Dive on the same stage. You're, they played after Slow Dive? Yes. Mm, see, that's um, what you don't want to do. And uh, and that was also, I saw, um, not on the same stage, but on, on a different stage, I saw Peter Hook in the light that same day. Golly. It was a fun day. Um, but Purity Ring put on a really great show. Again, it's just the two of them. Um but they are they're electronic they're kind of i guess in the vein of crystal castles mm-hmm. i don't know if you've listened to much of crystal castles and Not i know they lot, bro- but i know i of. know they i know they broke up and um maybe nobody remembers them but they they were the same dynamic of guy girl duo and kind of the euphoric uh electronic music and very much kind of millennial sounding music if, mm-hmm. if if i can use that pejorative term you i'm not trying to, to say that word i'm not trying to bag on millennials but you know what millennial music sounds like right a lot of uh pitch correction um a lot of upstroke on the guitar yeah yeah so i'm not saying that purity ring is 100 percent my jam but uh this song that closes out their new record is totally a jam. Their album cover looks intense. Yeah, so the album is entitled Womb. It's uh, their third record. And the song that I'm going to play is the album Closer, which is called Stardew. Are you interested in this? I'm interested. Let's hear it. Okay, so everyone's scoring at home. This is Purity Ring with Stardew. It's either dope or nope. And it is going head-to-head against Brendan Benson. Are we doing it like a tournament? I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is like, who the guys or the girls? Are they going to win the first inning? I don't know. you got to score at home. I don't know. I'm just going to have to go for an overall at the end. 
Okay. Well, you can do that, but okay. as you're listening at home, you know, just uh, fill out your your box score, How's and let's, your let's 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 <laughs> see if Purity Ring can dethrone Brendan Benson. This is Stardew on HD Wow.
already know where I'm leaning on that, Dave. And I think that yeah. you would know. You would, you'd probably know where I'm going, even though I like both. Let's be honest. I, I know. I, that's why I feel like maybe we I shouldn't go head to head with this because maybe the other two will be terrible, and you never really know what happens. You know what I mean? I know. I know where you are going. I, I can predict the future. I know. <laughs> I know who's going to win. <laughs> But let's go through the exercise. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Um, but uh, still, both good jams so far, and um, uh, yeah. you know, I'm keeping an open mind. Like I said, Purity Ring is. I'm out of the demographic. They they don't make music for me, but they do have some cool sounds, and I like a good bit of that new record. There's some. There's one song where they really pitch down her vocals and make mm-hmm. her sound like a dude. You know, I, I just... I like it because I like that tune. I don't know enough about them to know really what the rest of their stuff sounds, but that had a very stereo lab feel. Yeah. Yeah, I think... The singing um, part. Yeah, she has a gorgeous voice. Um, and musically, they, they do a lot of cool stuff. Like I said, it's just I'm not in their demographic, and so some of the studio trickery that they do, it it puts me off. Whereas somebody who is like a teenager or in their early twenties might think it's like totally sick. <laughs> well, I think the name says it. Purity ring. Yeah, it's okay, right? Is is a purity ring like a chastity belt? You remember what? Yeah, you remember what purity rings were, right? Oh, when you you wear it and you pledge yourself to God, like it's a ring for your finger. Yeah, and you, and you basically say until you're married, right? And you and your uh, girlfriend or whoever. I mean, this was past our time. This was for like uh, church camps stuff that we were never involved you know this was for younger kids we were in college by the time this stuff was going on there were no purity rings when we were kids that would not have flown but i mean just it to me it sounds kind of like an uh like a like a sponge or like an iud or something like that you insert but it's actually something that you wear on your finger you don't actually put it into the vagina no, no, this is not a, a nuh-uh. That's not what that means. This is a ring on your finger. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I Like I said, I'm, I'm old and I don't understand young people. It's basically just something that kids would wear and then they would go like, oh yeah, you have a, you have a purity ring. So you're not going to put out. Exactly. Or like you and your girlfriend would wear it so the parents would, or everyone would know that you're not going to go all the way. Right, that you're just going to grind and give manual release. I'm not too sure if that's what exactly what it meant, but I see what you're saying. What's going on there? What do you got? What'd y'all uh, get from DoorDash? I don't know. I was just delivered some chips and queso. Yeah. So I, can't, I can't complain, bro. No. Can't complain. Wait, what place is this? Uh, oh. 
Okay. Well, it's not queso. It's lobster bisque. So mm. e even better or even worse. I don't know. We'll see. Do you need to take a, a 10 minute pause and have some dinner? No, while I, we... I'm not hungry. I don't care. Okay. I, I will. I will eat as as I am able Hold because on. I'm I'm committed to the pod. Oh Jesus! Don't you hate it when the coaster sticks to the glass? <laughs> That's funny. I was thinking about that the other day. Of how much that how annoying that is. Have you ever seen the salt trick with that? Oh yeah. I I didn't do it obviously. Yeah. Well, it's I. Well, actually, I've never really done it on a coaster. It's on the napkins at restaurants. You know where they put the napkin down. Right. Yeah, but the salt keeps it from clinging to the glass. Mm-hmm. So maybe I just need to add a little dash of salt to my coaster. <laughs> All right. Well, we finished the, uh, the discussion of your grossness with what you thought a purity ring was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I. It's just a little it, ring just, on a teenager's it's just a, finger. It's just a little ring that goes inside that is smaller than a penis no. that keeps the penis from going no, in. No, 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 no. You just put it on your hand like a ring, and it means that you're going to be pure like a purity ring. It's okay. just to show people. It's just to humble brag that you're a virgin. Yeah, even though I'm sure it was all a lie. Who knows? Well, all those girls that wore the purity rings, they let their boyfriends do butt stuff. <laughs> is that pure? It's not pure, but it is a loophole. It's a loop what? It's a loophole. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. Okay, so um, well, let me let me tell you what I'm what I'm drinking. Can I do that? Yes. Okay. Speaking of butt stuff, we do need to tease the after dark later, and God. remind me I was gonna oh I was gonna write down the um, uh, nut knicker. Man, the last one was filled with butt stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> should we should I play a clip of the butt stuff? Not humor? yet. Not yet. Not we'll, yet? We'll save that for later. Okay. We, we will play a clip of, of butt stuff. From you know what? Maybe no. We won't do a butt stuff humor, even though there'll be a little bit of it in there. But we have to do the the Manny, the Manny <laughs> freeze yeah. up, right? Yeah. I mean, there are not too many humans that can make that noise, and boy, he his brain just glitched. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, let All me... right. So, what is what is your COVID drink of choice this evening? Okay, let me show it to you. It's called Booch Craft. Can you see it? I do. Booch it looks like rosé cider. Mm -hmm. My close. It is grapefruit, hibiscus, and heather. But it's sort of sour, sort of sweet. It's a do you get why it's called booch? No. For kombucha. Oh. See what they've done there? Raw kombucha, cold-pressed grapefruit juice, hibiscus, heather flower, dried ginger, and yeast. All organic. It's raw organic. So, so you only drink this because you are running. Like, this is you getting your kombucha, but also getting your drink on. It's actually really good. 7%. You okay. 
now now I'm interested. Now you're interested. And it's kind of sweet and sad. I, th- I thought that you would like this. High, it even says on there, high alcohol kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> it says it right that, at that's, the top. That's what I need. That's what I need. Yeah, so I think that you'd like it. And um, so I I wanted to show you this. Yeah, I'm, I am anxious to show you what I uh, want to share later. I love everything about it except for the alcohol content because it's 4.7, the mm-hmm. thing that I'm going to share later. Oh, okay. All right, so now we are into the second inning or the second period Yay. or the second quarter mm-hmm. of this boys versus girls HT Wow. Boys. Boys. Funny, it's echoing when I do that. All right, go ahead. What do you got next? Um. Okay, so we're back to the boys' side. Boys get to bat lead off. Okay. And this is um. This kind of reminds me, not necessarily in the way they sound, but in just their profile and the way I came across them. They remind me of um. Oh, what was your what was your French band from December or January? Marble Arch. Marble Arch, that is it. Never would have guessed that. Yeah, so si- similar to uh, how you stumbled upon Marble Arch. Uh-huh. And nothing to do really with the style, I guess in except for the fact that they're a throwback band. This band is um, called Houses of Heaven. Okay. And they really have not uh, done much of anything. And they're on kind of a really random label. (laughs) So you're saying on Spotify they have like 800 plays? Yeah, I'm sure it's super low. But... They just put out their uh, debut full-length record well, called they're gonna, Silent. They're going to have a lot more now because of this. I know. We're you... about to blow them up, just like we blew up Marble Arch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so their their new uh, or their first full-length is called Silent Places. It came out on uh, the first of May, so it's brand new. They are a three-piece from Oakland. Oh, okay. I got to tell you, in the name of the band, in the name of the record, you kind of already know what they sound like. Yeah. It, it is basically what you think. They, um, they're kind of a synth-pop industrial band, and I'm playing the poppiest song off of the record, but there's loads of good stuff on this record, and I will play a deeper cut on the after dark, mm-hmm. but, but I wanted to kind of keep it, uh, you know, up tempo and engaging for the regular pod. Moaning was California too, weren't they? Moaning is LA. Yes. Yeah. But something what's going so on they were, out there. They were SoCal, uh, houses of heaven or no Cal. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's three bros, Kevin, Adam and Nick. Wow. Like the and- Jonas brothers. 
Well, no, they're not actually bros in that they're related. Oh, I, I see. I think they're bros as in they hang out. Like Hanson. Yes. They're, except two of those were brothers. No, they're all oh. brothers. Uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you would really like this record. I think that this record will make you... Um, it will make you optimistic for the future in that there are young kids making this kind of music. I love Does that. that. Make sense? Yeah, I think it's I think it's encouraging that bands from California are making this type of music. I'll be honest with you. So, let's have a listen. This song is called In Soft Confusion and it's next up on HT Wow.
Do you what, what do you think I'm gonna say they sound like? You already said Cabaret Voltaire, but not them. Um even though they do sound like them, of course. Rapture? No, until December. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Wait until they sound December. like the chameleons mixed with until December. Yeah. Man, I what's totally the deal with all the kids sounding like the chameleons now? What's going I don't on? Know. I don't know, but I love it. I love it too. That's great. That is yeah, very I, it, dark. Um, Manchester, Houston club, lot of leather. What do they look like? See, that's the thing that's the problem now. Is that these bands are doing this, but they're not going full on with like the. I don't even know what they look like. You know, with like the leather hat, and it's just they're wearing Martin Gore straps and nothing else on stage with whips and stuff like that. Now they'd be playing this type of music and they have like reef shirts on. No, they kind of look like. Um, they kind of look like a cross between. Um, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and uh, your band with Nolan. Oh, the Modern Nations thing? No, the one before that. Little, uh, black, little black Dress. dress. Yeah. <laughs> you know Modern Nations is coming out next month, Dave. That is hot. I mean, that sounds great, though. I love that. That is... Yeah, uh, and, and you know... That's my fave so far. Of all of the things that I'm playing, I think that is my fave just front to cover front to cover and um like i said that's the most poppy song of the album uh-huh there are uh it definitely gets dark like that that that's the thing that is cool about that record to me and i don't know if you if you ever listen to anything by the soft moon they may be from Oakland, or at least they're from California as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Soft Moon is more industrial, but the Soft Moon is not afraid to be abrasive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not afraid of noise pollution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, they're like a, and, a place to bury strangers kind of thing. Yeah, and and Houses of Heaven are similar but not in the wall of sound kind of way in the dissonance and industrial beats kind of way. Yeah. And so I'm, I, I'm very curious to have you listen to the rest of the thing. And like I said, I'll play something else on the after dark, but I want you to listen to the whole thing. And I think you'll be with me. This will be one of the albums from COVID times that you'll go back to. Good. It, it reminds me of, like if you're in New Orleans or in Houston or somewhere late at night and you just need a break and you go into this weird, dark pirate bar kind of thing and uh, it's really cold and they're just and there's playing an empty that. dance floor. Yeah, and no one's talking. And there's just like one blue light over in the corner and you're like, thank uh-huh. God, holy crap. I'm going to be here yeah. for at least an hour and a half. I hope it's just like this. The AC is so cold. Yeah, it's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, just a temperature for vampires. Yes. Uh, no, I like that band. That's good. Good for... What are they? Heaven's... Uh, Heaven's Houses? He- <laughs> houses of Heaven. Houses of Heaven. It's an awkward name. It is. It's an awkward name. It's not as bad of a name as Moaning. No, it is not. 
It's better but, than Purity uh, Ring, too, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. But, um, uh, I don't mind we it. Got lots, we got lots of positive feedback last month from Moaning. I think people were really excited to learn about them and get into them. And I think that uh, Houses of Heaven, similar. Yeah, I like, started let's to... Let's get on the ground floor on some good dudes. Yeah, I started to follow the Moaning, and they seem like uh, good people. They have funny yeah. posts and stuff for the type of music that they do that's it's it's uh they're a good follow so yeah um, well and and moaning is on sub pop uh houses of heaven like i said i don't even know i've never even heard of the label that they're on so mm. they don't have a wiki they just basically have a band camp so good i mean see you're just finding stuff it's like felt huh this is the name of their label i think F E L T E. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, what do we talk about now? Um well now we need to go to the bottom of the second. Bottom of the second. You just heard Toby say that that was the favorite thing that he's heard so far. So it changes everything, right? So it yeah. It's I mean it's it's not so hard to fathom <laughs> that houses of heaven might uh, be a little bit more interesting than Purity Ring and Brendan Benson. It's the best but, Led Zeppelin record they ever made. But how is it going to stack up against I Break Horses? Oh. Are you familiar with I Break Horses? No. Where, do you, where, where have you been finding these bands, Dave? So I Break Horses, um, they're from Sweden. Mm. And... Their debut record came out in 2011. They're on Bella Union, by the way. Mmm, that's the Cocteau Twins label. Yes. Or the guy, the bass player from the Cocteau Twins label. Yeah, and um, on their previous tours in America, this will give you a good indication of what you should expect. They have opened for M83 and Sigur Sweden. Do they sound like ABBA? <laughs> no. Um, so this is also a duo. This, the singer is Maria Linden, mm-hmm. and the uh, I guess the guy who does everything else is Frederick Balk. Uh, so they just put out their third full length record. Uh, so the album is called Warnings and uh, just came out this past month, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another one that I really want you to listen to all the way through because the M83 thing is a definite comp. Um, as you listen to the whole thing, you'll, you'll hear some My Bloody Valentine. Mm. Um, you'll, well, hear some, you'll hear some curve. The Bella Union guy likes a theme. With his label. Yes. There's no doubt about it. Yes. So starting with like Lift to Experience and all that stuff, he's got a they have a thing. Yeah, so I break horses, they are uh I would say shoegaze first and foremost, but they also have a lot of electronic textures and uh other stuff going on. And this new record is really, really fucking good. And it's one of those, 
I feel bad for them in that this album is coming out in the time of COVID because I feel like that if they were able to do the festival circuit this summer, if they were able to tour on this record, that they're on the verge, that they would they would blow up, that they would be kind of following like the kind of the Tame Impala trajectory. Oh. Okay. That th- this this record So they're big is, enough to have got to get on some of those big the bigger festivals. I think I mean I think they would have played in the middle of the afternoon, but I think they would have played all of the big festivals and I think that they would have made a huge impression. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people still listen to this record because it's really good and it's one of those that I think will end up on a lot of year-end lists and I think that will be one of those that when we go back years from now and listen to albums from 2020 this will be one of those albums that we listen to hmm. what do you think about that that is a heavy am prediction. I overselling it I don't know I mean they better be good now okay so I let's mean, it's play. got a lot of things behind it already you like Bella it Union. they're on Bella Union I mean come on they're not going to be terrible. Let's go ahead and jam this uh, hot number. It's called The Prophet. It's smack dab in the middle of this record, and it's a hot jam from I Break Horses. Dave's pick to click on HTWOW. <laughs>
That's a long jam. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was maybe 540, 541, I think. Yeah. They have a few songs that uh, are in the seven, eight minute range. And that's what I was going to say is, is when you listen to this record, it's, uh, they have a lot of, they exercise a lot of restraint mm-hmm. that there are times where you think they're going to go for it and then they pull back. Yeah. That there's never there's never the huge euphoric release. It's always somewhat restrained, and th- even the longer songs, it's that they they draw it out, and it's it's more like kind of craftworky hypnotic mm-hmm. than it is, uh, you know, big DJ release. And that's what I really like about this record. There's a handful of instrumental interstitials that kind of stitch the record together so it's it's kind of like the the songs crescendo and then they dissipate and then there's kind of a bridge to the next song and then there's the next song mm-hmm. yeah I, it, it did seem like that they were about to land constantly on something and they just kept going yeah um i i, I want you to hear the whole thing because it is. It's. It's the perfect stoner record. It sounds like really great background music. Yeah, if you are cleaning the house or in an edibles coma, <laughs> it is the perfect album to have on in the background. Yeah. No, it's good. I like that. That's um, that's chilled out. I would like to see that concert. Yeah. I wonder I, how that would go at a festival, though. Would that just be... Is it too chill? I don't know. Because I, I you, you discount the like the audio-visual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, what kind of... What, what is the background behind the band? What are, what's the light show? How are they pulling this all together? And that's that was my feeling about the when we were talking about the new Tame Impala on the last pod mm-hmm. is when you, when you just listen to a song on its own or you, you know, give it a cursory listen, you're not necessarily blown away. But then when you think about the way it would be presented live and you think about the experience of seeing it live, it takes on a whole other meaning, mm-hmm. and I think I, I think that the "I Break Horses" record is is similar in that way, in that uh, I can't even imagine the 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 kind of cosmic moments you would have watching these songs live. Yeah, they would I definitely. Think it's really good. They they might need to be a nighttime band. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to listen to them at three in the afternoon at uh, Zilker Park. But if you could see them in a club, I mean, who knows when this will ever happen again. But if you could see them in a club with a thousand people that are totally into what you're watching. Yeah, I think I, that I would I would prefer that than a festival. Like, yeah, like I, everyone knows think, what we're getting into kind of thing. I think that they, they are magic. They really are. And... Uh, 
I'm excited to play another track on the After Dark, and I'm excited for you to hear the whole thing because it, the 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 Houses of Heaven is squarely in our wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and I think I, I think that there are just from a from a historical and a production point of view, I think there's lots that you will grab onto in the Houses of Heaven stuff, but I think that the I Break Horses stuff is just on a whole other level of this is a band that is reaching the the height of their powers and there's a there's a lot of um, beach house there's mm-hmm. a lot of beach house in there as well mm-hmm. you know so it's it's kind of a little bit of uh, Tame Impala a little bit of beach house and I, I think that they if this were if we were in normal times, I think they could follow that trajectory. But I don't know if their growth will be stunted by uh, the the times we live. I don't think it'll be stunted. I mean, we're about to blow them right up. Yes. I mean, they're going to get at least four or five new fans out of this. And that's huge. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, please download their record and like them on Twitter or follow them on Twitter. Well, you know, you mentioned... And then tell them that you heard about them on HGWell. <laughs> you know, you mentioned in there Craftwork. Uh, Are we going to talk about that? Sure. Florian Schneider. That, yeah, that the... Was he... What, like, what percentage of the genesis of Craftwork was he? He was the founder. I know he was a founder, but I I didn't know how many dudes were part of it from the very beginning and how much of what they were and what they became. Did we ever do... I I know that we played... We've done a craft work. We've done craft work. But have we done a book report craft work? No. I don't know that we've really touched on craft work on the pod. I mean, if, if people are familiar with my work on the ticket, they know that Computer Love by Kraftwerk is the theme song from Hints from Heloise. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then maybe that will be the next book report because I think he deserves it cause, because that guy, Kraftwerk, was the start of everything. Yes. And so, um, like you said, I mean, obviously they even influenced these people that are years and years later i mean this is from the 70s mm-hmm. late 60s um you know when you see the early versions of craft work it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in your life and he stopped doing things with the band i think in like 2007 or 8 or something oh so like the latest 3d tours he wasn't part of that i don't think so okay um, but he was him and another guy were the very beginning, and then of course it was the main four, with Wolfgang yeah. and you know all the dudes. Um, all right, so 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 are you promising in June that we will have a Kraftwerk book report? We totally should, especially since um, were you part of the group that was going to see them at Red Rocks? Was that you or just Noah I, and Aaron? I well, they discussed it with me, and it was on my radar. I I was I was interested in it because I'd never been to Red Rocks and I thought that that would be the 
probably the ideal introduction into Red Rocks. The weirdest Crawford. Red Rocks show ever made because yes. it's such a hippie joint, right? Yeah. To have Kraftwerk <laughs> at Red Rocks. German synth pop band. That would be the coolest thing ever. Um, and of course, all that got... That's not happening. But, man. Um, yeah, we'll do a whole thing on Florian and slash Kraftwerk in June because... I mean, without them, there's no Gary Newman, Depeche Mode, New Order, yeah. any of that yeah. stuff. They, they so. set the stage in the 70s, for sure. Yeah, so uh, we'll do that next time, but, um, you know, we'll toast a drink. We'll pour one out for Florian. He deserves it. This is our, this is our moment of silence. While I drank. Uh, Paul and... Uh... <laughs> Speaking of drinks, you know what he got I'm there. Crack this, crack this one. Why do you always have beers with ladies on them? Do you know that? So this is the, yeah, I know. So this is the other dessert that I mentioned. Desert. So the the dirty grandmother is a dessert drink, but so is this. And as I said earlier, the only thing that stands in my way of loving this forever is the fact that oh it's four point uh, it's 5.4 i thought it was 4.7 what's wrong with 4.7 or 5.4 it's too low well there's there's another companion to this beer that is like eight percent so if this was eight percent it would be awesome but it's not so um as i mentioned the wife and I are totally into the sours these days. I know. You guys really are. And there's a liquor store that I go to f- during COVID times to restock. What's the name and, of it? Pump them up, dude. Pump them. Um, it's the it's the medallion liquor. It's the one right by um, uh, Cosmos. Oh, okay. Like Ross and Skillman. The one right across the street there. Yeah. Yeah, but across um, from the beer cave. Yes, exactly. And they always have a uh, great selection. And I picked this particular jam up. <laughs> this is uh, another Martin House. Martin House, for some reason, has cornered the market on sours. Man, they, they know what they're doing. And this is entitled Lemon Icebox Pie. What do you think? That's not, does that sound intriguing to you? It does, but of course I can't taste it because of COVID. Yeah, so it's lemon icebox pie. It says lemon sour ale brewed with graham crackers and lactose. Good. And like I said, so I'm going to taste it here. Do you like a lemon pie? A lemon pie is not my favorite, but I will eat a lemon pie. Do you like a jelly-filled donut? On occasion, yes. I know a lot of people that do not like the jelly-filled donut. Back when I used to be able to just constantly eat a jelly-filled donut, or donuts in general, I love a jelly-filled donut. Right. So if you remember like a a lemon custard-filled jelly donut with mm-hmm. the powdered sugar on it, that, that is exactly what this tastes like. I love that. You know what else I used to like? 
Do you know those pies that you get at gas stations that are filled with cherry or lemon or... The fried pie? Chocolate. Mm-hmm. They're like Miss Baird's. Yeah. Do you like those? For sure. They're delicious. They used to be, um, before track meets, that was the my go-to. That was like... Back in the '80s, that was drinking a goo. Mm-hmm. I would have, I would slam two or three Miss Baird's jelly-filled whatever they you are they fried? They like they're glazed. Yeah, they're fried pies, bro. God, fried pies. They're so delicious. I want one right now. I want one right now. Um, so I would definitely recommend if you like fried pies or jelly-filled donuts or just lemon icebox pie. To seek this out, I know it's a limited edition. I don't know how long it'll be around. Um, it's probably only in North Texas, but if you can find it, the Martin House Lemon Icebox Pie, dude. Why don't you set one of those aside for me? I will. We can. Uh, I'll make sure. I'll hide it in the back of the fridge, and the next time you come up here, I'll let you have one. Yeah, tell Marissa hands off. Mm-hmm. And. I'll put some aluminum foil over the top, and I'll say, only for tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I would love to go get one of those pies. All right. So at this point, before we get to the top of the third mm-hmm. in our boys versus girls, um, we do need to talk about the after dark. So the after dark, if you are not familiar... And for some reason, this is the first time you've ever heard this podcast. And you're like, man, I can't get enough of these guys. I wonder what their dumb friends sound like. <laughs> um, then you should go to oldwaver.com or go to patreon.com and uh, seek out the Old Waver uh, Patreon page. And for as little as $5 a month, you get the After Dark podcast. You also get stickers. And you get a koozie. And if you, you know, decide that you really like us, you can get a t-shirt or a uh, scarf. A scarf. We haven't, we haven't had anybody uh, at the scarf level in quite some time. I've, I've not uh, reordered scarves. It looks so good. It's hanging dead center of my scarf. Right I know. You, you have the only one that I know of in existence because all the other ones are gone. Yeah, see? But... But yes, we encourage you to be an HTWOW patron, and that gets you access to the super secret After Dark podcast that is like the X-rated super drunk uh, after party of this part uh, of this podcast of this podcast. Everclear. And um, we did a little something new last month uh, that I think we're going to reprise this month, in that we did a uh, a house party. Uh, kind of virtual uh, DJ jam with all of our drunk friends. Worked out way better than I thought. Yeah, it did work out better than we thought. It was chaos, and but it still worked out fine. It was total. It was total chaos. You did a great job <laughs> in cutting out all of the really awful, awkward silences, <laughs> but. There was plenty of gold left. Yeah. Like this. Did you, did you guys? I mean, I, 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 have, I, have a, I have a song 
Holy crap, what happened there? Did you just pass out for a second? I got a song queued up. He's not good. He's not good. It's not your turn. Man, I know. Wow. That was amazing. Hey, I was like, was that a digital thing or is he really doing that? <laughs> no, that my friends is our friend Manny. And he if you would like to hear more special. If you would like to hear more of how drunk Manny can possibly get as a middle aged man, then sign up for HTOL After Dark <laughs> and we'll see how drunk. Uh oh! You did a really cool. Uh, the digital glitch on that got real Daft Punk there for a second. Do I need to say it again? You can if you want. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think they get it. Manny's totally gonna. Fun. We're gonna have a bunch of our dumb friends on the thing. House party sounds terrible, on audio wise, but. We just play a bunch of songs, and you're, and our friends get to pick tunes. It's like we're all sitting in the, It's very COVID times. Yes. Yes, it's what you would do with your friends if you had cool friends. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to try that or, tonight. I or think stupid, dumb friends. This time we'll actually be able to roll it off right after the pod. I still think that for the listeners, you should take one Everclear shot right at the end, right before the... Maybe. Or maybe I'll take one at the beginning of the After Dark. Okay, so we're down to the uh, top of the third. This is the, the final inning Back of to our boys. boys versus girls HTWOW uh, Battle Royale. Okay. And um, so this next one, um, it, it came out just this past week. It was uh, kind of a surprise to me, and it's um, as I as I mentioned with the I break horses stuff. It definitely has um, restraint. Like it doesn't necessarily go for it. It really kind of um, tries to set a mood and maintain a mood. Mm-hmm. But I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really like it. Good. Uh, so, so this is uh, the brand new tune from the band from Australia called Cut Copy. Okay. And they've been around the, a while. Yeah, they they came out in 2004, and In Ghost Colors was their big breakout jam. That was in 2008. Their last record was Haiku from Zero in 2017. And I think we played that on a very early pod. We played some cut copy. Mm-hmm. But they just put out a, uh, a single, a standalone single. And it's uh, called Love is All We Share. Does that, does that catch you in the feels? Does that make you, uh, <laughs> makes you feel the part of the human experience? No. No? Um, but I can't wait to hear it. Because I think it's going to sound better than the title. Yes, this is going to be way better than you imagine it to be. <laughs> it's cut copy. It's not Love like is we are the share. world. No, okay. on HD Web. 
I'm into that, Brew. I'm into it. Yeah, you know, like I said, restraint. <laughs> Keeping that, it simple. Is that your theme for this episode? Well, not when we get into the the next story. I love cut copy. I really do. Great I've name. Seen, I've seen them many times, and they never disappoint. And uh, They have a just, name that it seems like they've been around since 1987. Right. But they're so good. They, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that they could have been a, like a really good DJ for a band, for a for a rap group in 1988. DJ Cut Copy. <laughs> I, I I'm I would put them in my top ten of uh, bands of this century. Wow, top ten. Yeah, I, I'm confident in that. You pause I mean, for a in, second like in, you're about to backtrack. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of who would even be on that list. Of, uh, I mean, Interpol would be a no-brainer. Maybe maybe think, that's what you do for the next pod, is you have your top ten list for this. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, for the sake of argument, uh, Cut Copy is one of my favorite bands of this century, so... And uh, I'm glad that they're still doing stuff, and I think that that's a beautiful song. I like that. Man, the Australians have been coming on strong, haven't they? I mean, all of all of their outback burned, and all of their koalas are dead. So yeah, but besides all that, all they man, have is music to turn to. The French and the Australians have really been taking control. You got to give them credit. Except for the burning did, stuff. Did you ever tour Australia? No, but we've done very well in Australia. And so you've right, never been on no, the continent? No, we were uh, on Warner Brothers when we first signed to Interscope. And the song went to number two in Australia. And then we sold they sold Interscope to uh, MCA Universal the next week. But... Warner Brothers still owned all of our stuff in Australia, so they didn't want to send us there to make another company more money. Oh, beating. So they wouldn't let us go. But right now, this is funny, the last three months on Spotify, our top, they'll list like they're your top 50 cities. The Spotify for artists, they'll give you all the stats, right? Right, yeah, you get your analytics. Yeah, so the last three months, or even four months, for some reason, uh, out of the top 50 cities, our top five, uh, for a lot of it, have all been Australian. And if it's not all top five, it's top four in Dublin or Hamburg every single time we pull it up. It's nice. Brisbane, Melbourne, pretty much... All these cities in Australia, and we keep trying to figure out what's what's happening with us in Australia right now, and no one can tell us. Well, they they like to surf in Australia, so maybe they'll buy some new Deep Blue merch. Yeah, because it's all very surf style. It's coming out in next week. I can't wait for you to see it, Dave. It looks very... I know. I can't wait to see it. It looks so if really people, if people 80s. See, if people want to see the merch and buy the merch... It'll be on a thing called Color Test that like people like Casey Musgraves and people like that. It's out of Nashville. 
and they do the mm. uh, merch store through Square and like all this other stuff. I don't know how they do it, but the store goes up next week, and um, it's very op surf Hobie. Yes, and we're gonna do one of these things. We're pro like eighties, nineties surf culture. Exactly, and it's gonna do one of the. You know, it's the name of our band. Kind of, we've noticed on Instagram hashtag Deep Blue something. Are people taking pictures of oceans? Sure. So we've kind of leaned into that. Yeah, why not? And so it's uh, all very surfy, and um, we're gonna do one of those all proceeds to from shirt sales go to save the oceans and pick a different one every three months like a different um you know non-profit after you get yours well after we pay for the shirts oh okay but so it'll be like a 10 percent of sales or whatever sure but why well, not, not right that sounds awesome i can't wait to see them i think the first and ones I, are going to be kids for the oceans are you going to um have corduroy shorts no we will though we're eventually i mean we have to kick it off first so it's just going to be shirts yeah you need you need the corduroy shorts with uh like on the on the thigh yeah like on the left hand side just dbs instead uh -huh. of op totally and with the velcro fly thing yeah yeah and That'd be awesome some like weird the sunglasses with the flaps on the side you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah to, to cover up <laughs> in case you get any ocean spray yeah. on the sides of your eyes yeah but i want to do surf i wax guess that's and, what that's for and everything or maybe uh maybe a, a painter's cap with, with the flaps flap hanging <laughs> yeah. down the back. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly what i was thinking i want this flap hats and everything um but yeah we're gonna go with that for a few years the whole surf vibe um but that's it's all great. like uh you know coral colors and reef colors and it's uh it's uh getting away from the deep blue goth vibe to the surf vibe sure why not that right? sounds great i mean you gotta figure out how to make money in these times i'm still trying to figure it out well you got something coming up you haven't even mentioned it by the way we talked about it before oh, yeah, 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 yeah okay so we talked about the after dark um, and we're about to talk about the Nutnicker story, <laughs> but I do want to, uh, and I will mention this in the upfront that we have yet to record, but those of you who are HTY listeners that live in the DFW Metroplex, you know that I have a relationship with the ticket. If you are an HTY... <laughs> You have to explain what the ticket is to our, all of our listeners in Germany and England and Russia. If you're an HTWOW fan who has no idea what the ticket is, the ticket is a sports radio station in Dallas. It's so much more than a sports radio station. It's a cultural institution. And I have worked there off and on all of my adult life. And I still uh, enjoy a small degree of... Uh, involvement and sway in that organization mm -hmm. to the point that on uh, Friday, May 29th, I believe at 9 p.m., details are sketchy, at least at the point of this recording, uh, but after the Ticket Top 10 on Friday, May 29th, uh, I am going to do a DJ set, much in the vein of Robert Wolanski's 
kind of COVID times DJ sets. Uh, but my DJ set is going to be themed the uh, Ticket 80s Prom. Love it. So we are going to have all uh, 80s music. It's going to be as if you are in the high school gym uh, in 1989 at your prom. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of kids that uh, aren't going to get to have their prom this year. So maybe they can have some solace and uh, participate in, in the ticket 80s prom. I know. I you're, it's like already, the, just right when you mention it, don't the OMD song from Pretty in Pink at the prom, right when they show the first prom scene, comes up, right? Isn't that yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, if you leave, that, if, that will definitely be in the playlist. So... From nine a uh, from nine p.m. until uh, at least midnight, probably two, um, I will be playing uh, '80s music as though I am your prom DJ. It should be uh, a whole lot of fun. Um, I'm gonna try and get as much participation as I can uh, wrestle out of all of the ticket principals. But this this pod will come out hopefully before that. And uh, we can do some cross-promotion that this pod will get people to listen to the 80s prom, and the 80s prom will get people to listen to this pod, and everyone wins. It's a win-win. That's true. Have you ever heard that phrase? Yes, it is a win-win. And, uh, you know, Toby, if you have uh, some hot uh, jams that you think are essential for an 80s prom... Uh, please send them my way because I'm going to start stacking the playlist here as soon as as soon as we're done with this thing. So yeah, so it it will be uh, three hours, maybe five hours of uh, the gayest '80s prom you've ever been to in your imagination. Golly. So uh, that is uh, May 29th. And while we're on the subject of you putting things on your calendar. Let's remind everyone that on Friday, August 21st, if you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that is our target date to do our first live HTWOB broadcast, uh, live to tape, with the tickets Mike Reiner at the Moon Bar in Fort Worth with special live guests, Meech Pango. Man. So Is that going to be the first live event? I don't after know. After the COVID? That, that might, we might set it off. We, uh, yeah, uh, or we might have to postpone it till 2021. Who knows? May 29th, Ticket 80s Prom, August 21st, and the August HTWOW podcast will be uh, live in front of a studio audience, hopefully at the Moon Bar in Fort Worth with special guest Mike Reiner. Calendar. Calendar. We're making appointments with you, the listener. All right, before we get to the last jam, we mentioned early on that there is in indie circles a legendary producer that uh when did you first meet him who's this who are we talking about Stuart sykes oh um Stuart, you remember our very first studio the small one it used to be a building owned by a little tiny tiny building in the hickory street annex which is a very cool area in deep ellum uh, and it was a little tiny building owned by Course of Empire or rented out by them for years. I think they used to practice in there or something. I know Michael Jerome had something to do with it. 
But years later, we rented it out and started our first BPL studio that was just one tracking room and one control room, very small. And probably I, probably some of our best records were done in that little tiny place. Mm-hmm. And um, Stuart Sykes showed up one day and was just like, hey, uh, some people told me I should come see you guys. And I was like, okay, cool. What's up? You know, we're recording. What do you do? We're recording somebody. We're probably recording Hi-Fi Drowning or something. And he was like, this is cool. And, then, and we we're like, yeah. And we were like, uh, so what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm from Dallas, but I've been recording in Memphis for years at Ardent Studio. I think it's Ardent. A very legendary place. Like, uh, I mean, look it up. You wouldn't believe the people that have recorded at this place. And... Um, we were like, man, if he's there, like, what? What's what's his deal? And so he left us this little paper. You know, this is before people emailed you stuff or did anything like that. And you look on it, and then down we're going through the bands, and the big one is he did the White Stripes. Like what? And that record had just come. You know, it was brand new. You know, I mean, it wasn't brand new. It was, it was new enough that it was around those same years, but it was old enough to where it had already gotten huge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we were like, what is this dude doing? And so uh, we're like, you know, I think I called him eventually, or he showed back up another time, and we were like, yeah, dude, if you need a place to do stuff, come on by, do whatever. So we all just became friends, and then we... um. He recorded some stuff out of there, but then we moved to that bigger studio, and then he helped us get the big Trident board uh, that we had at the other studios and uh, helped us install it, and he was just around forever. He's just a good dude. And then he eventually he opened his own studio with Congleton and then moved to Austin. But he's and a good that's dude. Where, that's where he is now, in Austin. Yeah, he's in Austin recording people right now, but he is part of the fam, and he is a great guy. But so you so, ran it. How did you run into him? So I I knew of him just from reputation, but uh, I think I only had one in-person interaction with Stuart, and that was at the Old Monk in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember who was there. Probably Taylor had to be there or something, and he sat down and right. Yeah. They're probably Taylor, probably Manny, I don't know, and Stuart, and Stuart's wife, uncomfortably, was also there. Or Why girl- was that uncomfortable? Uh, because of the subject of the story. Oh, Diane. Yes. So uh, we're sitting at a table on the patio of Old Monk, and um, the Nutnicker story, <laughs> if you are a ticket P1... And you are, uh, I don't know if if you are enough of a P one to remember the B team, which was a handful of shows in between the rant and the orphanage. Then you might remember the Nutnicker story. But the Nutnicker story is a story that I told on the B team, and then I was cajoled into telling to Stuart at this uh, particular meeting at the old monk so the this story happened on the b team not on the ramp i don't know i think it was on the b team <laughs> that's so amazing i love it yeah and so um 
so the Nutnicker story is um, a story that I brought to my friends because I thought it was amusing. <laughs> it's back when I had a corporate job. Mm-hmm. And when you have a corporate job, part of, and, and, you know, this is a distant memory here in these COVID times, but part of the, or I guess one of the best parts of your day when you have a corporate job, when you sit in a cubicle, when you're in a, in a giant office building with a bunch of other people, one of the best parts of your day is when you get to go to the restroom and just have some quiet time. See, that, that I don't get that. That would seem like a nightmare to me that you would... The, your see, quiet see, time is your public restroom. Right, but see, you have never had this type of job, so you don't understand how desperate you are to get away from your cubicle and to get away from people. And so this happens with everyone in it. Like, this is a moment that you're like, oh, well, Bill's going to the... Bill will be back in about 20. Right. And if it's important enough to you, you know where the prime restroom is, whether it's on your floor or a different floor. If there is a private, like, handicapped room that is, like, one in, one out, lock the door that you know if you have to do some serious business, you know where to go in your building, right? This, this was an episode on How I Met Your Mother. Did you ever watch that show? I have watched that show. I've not seen that episode. Well, the one that was the lawyer, you know, that worked in the office, the tall yes. one. I forget his name right now. Um, he was always so afraid to go at the office that he would actually go home. Mm-hmm. until he found out the floor above was being remodeled and no one was ever up there, so he found his private bathroom. Yes. Yes, it's very it's very true. I did at one point try to use a women's restroom, and after I did so, a Post-it note was put on the outside of the door that said, men, please don't use this restroom. Oh, my God. Like right after or like a week later? Like the next day. Oh, that was for you. Yeah, that was for me. But so um, the nut knicker did not occur in the women's restroom, but it was in the men's uh, handicapped restroom. It was a, uh, a private room that had a, uh, a door that locked, that, mm-hmm. you know, was uh, that opened up to a, a hallway around the corner from the elevators. It's now like and the family restroom. No, it was it was a uh, you know, it was it was like a 10 by 10 room. It was posh. Yeah, it you was can beautiful. cartwheel in those things. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, you you could totally Not that uh, that's what they're used for. You could totally do a breakdance routine on the tile floor if you wanted to. Easily. And so on this particular day, I uh, was on my normal schedule. And Do I you sat have down. a normal schedule to this day? Not to this day, but at that time I was on a routine. Okay. And so I sat down and you know how sometimes... 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 Sometimes. When, uh, when the timing is right, 
and everything aligns, mm -hmm. it's like a slip and slide. Like as soon as you commit, as soon as you place your buttocks on the toilet, this was one of those times, one of those magical times where you don't even have to think about it. You don't even have to work at it. It just happens. And this is a magical time. It was a magical time, but it was so magical that, and keep in mind, I'm telling this story mm -hmm. to you here on the pod, but I'm also telling this story at the Old Monk on the patio to Stuart Stikes and his wife. But I sit down and I have this magical experience, but it's so magical that it comes out completely unbroken, if you know what I'm saying. Those are magical times. That there's no there's no pinching whatsoever. That it is just uh, one solid python that comes out. <laughs> and you have such a different life than me. And this particular uh, occasion, have you ever seen when a a whale or a shark? when they're about to die and they beach themselves, mm -hmm. you know, they, they swim all the way up to the shore and then they just go full speed and they just beach themselves because they know they're going to die and they're cresting out of the water. I think that's how I'm going to go. So that is what happened because it was such a continuous, beautiful, gorgeous python mm -hmm. it went all the way down as far as it could go but then it also broke off and beached itself cresting up out of the water sure so as you would turn around and look inside the bowl you would see the surface of the water and then you would see this majestic killer whale beaching itself halfway up the porcelain. Okay, so you went whale, not snake. Both. You know, mm -hmm. I'm mixing metaphors. Well, so what happened was, as it beached itself, mm -hmm. as it beached itself and it broke off, then it fell forward and the, uh, the tapered end... Gravity was brought down by gravity and it nicked the back of my nutsack. And so I I felt I felt something was awry. Has this so ever happened before? Never, never before, never since. So I look down and I see this majestic creature mm -hmm. cresting out of the water. Loch Ness. And then I reach down and I spin around the sack. What do you to, mean you spin around the sack? Well, you know, you uh, you grab it and then you turn it. Because you want to look at it. I want to look at the backside. See what happened there. And lo and behold, there's a skid mark on the back of my sack. <laughs> 
and I thought it I was. I mean, I've heard this story seven million times, and it gets, it's never, it's never, it always pays off. It's the most I don't know, I don't know if I'm the only person I that. Even... I don't know if I'm the only person that this has ever happened to. <laughs> what did you do? But I. You're well, at work. I mean, I, I, I pulled off a couple squares of toilet paper and I wiped off the back of my sack. <laughs> but I. I just, mean, it's just. I feel like I feel like this is a one in a billion event that I witnessed that I that my body allowed me to participate in and enjoy do you remember the show that's incredible yes do you feel like this would have made the cut if there was a way that they could have made it PG enough (laughs) or 1984 then yes if john davidson could have come on there and talked about a a piece of fecal matter nicking a set of testicles in a very family-friendly way then yes it is incredible was it gentle yes it was very gentle hmm but it was it was something that I felt immediately was special, and so I had to tell all my friends, obviously, and everyone else that ever yeah, and, and so, everyone else and, that didn't even want to hear it, right? And so it became it became a story that was retold many different times, and I think the last time I told it before now was at the old monk to Stuart Sykes and his wife, and I am. And they both had the most horrified looks on their faces. And at that point, I retired the story. Until now. I, um, the next time I see him, I'm going to mention it. Because I guarantee no you, it is... There's no way he remembers. No one forgets this story. No one forgets stories like these. You don't forget stories like these. These are burned in your brain for the rest of your life. I can't wait. To, do you want to make if, a if bet Stuart, on if, if he remembers if, it? If Stuart remembers the Nutnicker story, mm-hmm. um, you'll go shirt off at the Mike Reiner show. Sure. Yes. <laughs> shirt off. <laughs> oh right. my god! All right. Great it's, time, it's time for the last jam. Let's get into the last jam. We're in the bottom of the third. The uh, the ladies are batting cleanup. Uh, this is a band I think we've played before. Um, it's it's weird you're not playing the new Dubalipa song. Yeah, I mean we we promised we weren't going to play any more Dubalipa. I'm not too sure we can keep that promise. I know. Well, you can play it on the After Dark. Um, but much like uh, much like the last two bands of I Break Horses and uh, Purity Ring, this is a duo, uh, a female. Man, you are you went duo crazy tonight. I know. So it's a uh, it's a female singer and a, a male musician. On in this particular 
duo. Uh, it's not, I guess, necessarily fair to say she's just a singer because she is a multi-instrumentalist. Um, but I'm speaking about the band Chromatics. Mm-hmm. I think we may have played some Chromatics before. Yeah. But, but they just put out a, a brand new single, and it's called Teacher. And it's a hot jam. I mean, it's, again, restraint is the key <laughs> to all of these jams. Not but, all the stories. Uh, not on, Yeah, there's no restraint in the Nutknicker story, but there is restraint in all of these jams. And uh, I want you to hear this. This is Teacher by Chromatics on HTWOW.
boo. It's like a, um, you know what it reminds me of? It's like a more serious, uh, it's like a more serious churches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, um, not that churches can't be serious, but you know what I mean? It's like a um, grown up version. Mm-hmm. But, um, I like that. It's cool. But I think I have a verdict, bro. Yeah, so, um, just to recap, for the boys, we've had Brendan Benson, Houses of Heaven, and Cut Copy. Mm-hmm. For the girls, we've had Purity Ring, I Break Horses, and Chromatics. And the winner of the May HTWOW pod, according to Toby, is... I know what you're thinking, and I'm about to throw you a curveball. I'm giving it to the boys. No way. Yeah. I totally thought you were going to give it to the girls. No. And I think that the swinger was um, the houses of heaven. Skewed it totally. They uh, were the big, they were the surprise ringer. Um, Nice. Really? What do you think of that? uh, You've surprised me on both fronts. Brendan Benson is like a, he's a hall of famer. Yeah. It, he's he was kind of an outlier as far as style. Yeah, and I thought that may work against him. But uh, I'm I'm glad. I, I like I said, I picked all of these because I thought they were all hot jams. But I totally thought that you were going to um, follow your hormones. I know. And, and pick the girls, but I, you didn't. I usually will uh, pick the girl on this thing, but I'm telling you, cut copy. You you picked a big lineup there. Yeah, and I think that the part that you probably thought was the weakest part was the one that pulled it through nice. on the boys' side. So boys win this time. Finally, boys win. Boys win. That's awesome. Well, I I hope that um, everybody has at least uh, found one new thing that they want to explore further. I want you. Mm-hmm. Toby to explore further Houses of Heaven mm-hmm. and I Break Horses. But all of you... I'm kind of like you know, in a... In everything you played was great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against any of it. I thought it was all awesome. But you surprised me with the, the middle band there. Yeah, so April was all about new discovery. May, we're continuing about new discovery. Now June, we're going to... Uh, Going back. Have a craftwork book report, and uh, who knows what I will have then. But hopefully, we are helping you survive COVID and uh, lockdown times. That's what we're trying to do here. I mean, I know we're only doing it once a month, mm-hmm. but that's all we can muster. I know. It's just, it's, it's, it takes too much out of us. I got to tell you, I'm glad we decided on craftwork now. It's going to take a lot of uh, cutting. I know. They've had how a lot you, of stuff. How are you ever going to uh, cull 40 years down to three songs? I don't know, but we're going to... Uh, Maybe play the whole 18-minute version <laughs> of Autobahn? <laughs> no, but we are... Uh, didn't we play a really long one on After Dark one time? I think... Well, I think you didn't did we play... play uh, you played an edit of Autobahn. It was like Tour a seven-minute... thing or something. It was like a seven-minute edit of Autobahn. Yeah. Um, but um, what we're going to do is we're going to do book report uh, during the regular pod next time. And then all of 
the inf- who they who we, they influenced after. Okay. What do you think about that? And even if everyone is on with us, they have to pick a band that Kraftwerk influenced, whether they know for sure or they think they did. I don't know. I think this. I think this house party after dark may be the last the, group. Sw- the swan song of the house party <laughs> after dark. Because you can't you can't keep trying to capture that magic. Mm-mm. I think we'll, we'll we'll know after this one if it's sustainable for one more or not. Okay, I understand. Even though the Cowboy Stadium one was true, or the uh, yeah Cowboy Stadium one was really good too. And that was a group effort. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Dancing with myself. Dancing with myself. everybody for listening to episode 35 of HQL, the May 2020 episode. Thank you for indulging me with the nut knicker story. I had no intentions of telling that story ever again, but when Stuart Sykes' name came up, I couldn't help myself. And now that story will live forever on the internet. Um, and we hope that you enjoyed Brendan Benson and Purity Ring and Houses of Heaven and I Break Horses and Cut Copy and Chromatics and of course Generation X hope you're having good COVID times hope you and all your family are staying safe and well safe hope you and all your friends and family are staying safe and well Jesus. I don't even need for clear at this point. Please tell a friend about HTWOW. Please listen to all of the old HTWOWs if you haven't yet. Please become a patron. Please be your best friends on the internet. For Toby, I'm Dave. We're HTWOW and we love you.